joining us again here on Radio Row. I say again, it's really for the first time, but we're back again on Radio Row with Casey Vallier. I'm Matt Taylor. Matt Miller is with us, ESPN NFL draft analyst, one of the best in the biz. He's now working for ESPN after several years on his own, doing his own things. He is risen up the charts, if you will, uh, when it comes to draft analysts. You can find him on Twitter, at NFL Draft Scout. Matt, welcome back to Indianapolis, sir. How's it going? It's going well. I've had my St. Elmo's, you know, got check. the sinuses cleared yep. out. I'm good. <laughs> yep. Um, so I've gone to high velocity. You yes, know, I've check. been at Prime t- yes. this morning, uh, you know. So this morning? Exactly. You must so, love steak, right? Uh, so I, I've, you know, my combine bingo card is getting pretty full. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say that. Out of all of them, where's your go-to? Like, What's your favorite? Oh, man, I don't want to piss anyone off. Um, I think Prime is my favorite. Okay. Uh-huh. But it's also, you know, it's become kind of crowded. I think everyone figured out how good it was. Yeah. And so It's like that Yogi Berra. I mean, nobody goes there anymore because it's too crowded. Right. But, <laughs> you know, there's there's something to St. Elmo's. Harry and Izzy's is solid, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my 12th combine, so we could just sit and talk about food the whole time. <laughs> 100%. Guys, Coach, you know. I live 12 minutes from here. <laughs> yeah. Right? All right? Yeah. So I don't need the combine to go to Harry and Izzy's. <laughs> right. So. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, the beer scene here is fantastic as well. Sun King. Sun King's yeah. great. Sun King's really so, good. Good. Yeah, again, I could just talk to you guys about food and beer, but I don't think that's why people right, have so, me on the show. So 12 years ago, when you went to your first combine, did you ever think that you'd see this? And did you ever think that there would be a, a real push, a real threat for it to to vacate these premises? No. Oh, my gosh. My first combine was one of the first years in Lucas Oil, and we were all in, like, a hallway mm-hmm. with, like, the, the long work tables, and it was dark. Yeah. yeah. And you couldn't work because there would be people, like, screaming behind you, and the, the food line would be 400 people long. <laughs> so going now to, like, this radio row or going to the media workroom, it's like the media workroom now is bigger than the combine used to be 12 years ago. So it's fantastic to see. Um, to talk about moving it. I would never would have thought that, honestly, because, you know, as long as I've been aware of the combine, what you've always heard is nowhere else in America can you do 335 MRIs in four days. Yep. You know, and so that ability to stream, it's not about like, oh, it's centrally located. It, it's not about that anymore. It's about the medicals, you know. So I will be sad if it, if it leaves Indy. Uh, I also think, you know, from a from a journalistic standpoint, even the ability to you know, we were joking about all the restaurants and stuff, but to be able to walk from you know, Elmo's to Prime mm-hmm. to Kilroy's to Harry and Izzy's, even to the JW. It's a, yeah. it's a half mile, right? Yeah. If it's raining, you can be inside. If mm-hmm. it's nice, you can be outside. So I will miss that. If we go to Dallas, we're all going to be spread out. You're not going to see anyone. We go to L.A., you're going to spend all the time in traffic. Yeah. You're not, definitely not going to see anyone. So <laughs> I will definitely miss that part of it. Find where, a good radio station, right? Right, or a good podcast. You know, there's or probably podcast. a Colts podcast yeah, there that you is. can listen hey, to. Hey, so, like you know, that you that can do boy. that. that and, um, so I, I do think that, that there, there will be a sadness, you know, if – if slash when the combine leaves Indy, because I don't think people realize how much networking happens, not just from the media, but from the teams as well. And, mm-hmm. and that's something that will definitely get lost in a bigger city. Yeah, that's one thing that, that I think we're missing a little bit is it, it is about always it's going to be about the players. It's always going to be about that. But I think that all the extraneous stuff you just talked about is so key. When you look at it from, from your perspective, logistically you said you're from Missouri, so you know, let's say it does go to L.A. Do you do you envision that limiting the amount of people that will go to the Combine, which makes it this big event that it is because it is centrally located here in Indy? Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to get any smaller. Like we were just talking about, right? We all remember our first Combine that was tiny, and now it's it's this huge event. It's, you know, it's the perfect time of year. March Madness is in a couple of weeks. Baseball may never happen again. You know, there's just not a lot going on right now. So it's the perfect storm of 
I think if it's in LA, it'll it'll still be the same, right? I mean, most of us aren't paying to get here on our own anyway, right? right? So like, we're just gonna have Disney cover our our flight, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go to LA. So, I, but it will be again. It, it just won't be the same, you know. And I, I think there there are positives to that. Obviously, you know, as this event grows. You know, getting it in L.A., I think that's something the NFL ultimately wants. I mean, if are there odds? I know we can bet in Indiana on some things, yeah. not the combine. I learned that this morning. <laughs> um, but, you know, it would be – if we could bet on it, I would say we're probably in L.A. in two years doing this. <laughs> so. Or Las Vegas or, or yeah. somewhere else. Could right? you imagine my disappointment when I made that DraftKings deposit and then realized I couldn't – no prop bets today? What were you thinking? Like 40-yard dash? 40-yard dash. Three cone? Oh, like yeah, what? I was going all in on 40-yard dashes. <laughs> you got them down. You what to go oh on. yeah i mean i was like okay i'm, I'm good to go and all then, right well let, let's pick up there as far as the oh, workouts sure. yeah. are concerned with the prospects <laughs> we can actually talk draft right yeah, yeah. um who, who needs to uh to have a really i mean the, the short answer is everybody everybody needs to perform well but a guy that really needs to uh, a guy or two that really needs to perform well these four days in indianapolis in order to kind of help themselves break away from the pack depending on what position yeah. they play. So I don't think Malik Willis needs to, but I think he will. And I, I think he has that opportunity to break away. He started to do that at the senior ball. I don't know if you guys got a chance to go, but you know, the first day it was like, oh my gosh, this is he's such a strong arm and he's such a good athlete. He's not that accurate. But then day two it was like, oh man, no, he's figuring it out. Like he's honing it in. He's getting his timing down with these receivers he's never thrown to before. By day three, he's the best quarterback there. And so I think that riding that momentum wave here is going to be huge for him and that he can pull away from Kenny Pickett and his tiny hands and submit himself probably as the first quarterback drafted because of the traits, the tools, you know, and and that's where the league is going right now. Everyone wants – I heard this once. I wish I could give credit to whoever said it, but the league wants, you know, scorers at the quarterback position, not shooters. You know, it's it's not Larry Bird anymore. You want Mm -hmm. somebody that can create on their own. And so I think that's where Malik Willis really is, is something the NFL wants because of that. With that being said, I know we talk about who needs to perform here in these, you know, these four days. But is there a little bit more of there's so much tape, there's so much stuff out there that it doesn't quite matter as much, you know, with these guys that maybe they don't run the best 40 or, you know, maybe their short shuttle isn't what it could be. Is there more of that now? Yeah, there definitely is. I think I kind of go back to the you can't have a great combine, but you can have a bad one. Because if you have a good one, it's like, okay, we knew you were athletic. That's what you were right. supposed to You know, exactly. like if, if Jamison Williams were healthy and ran a 4-3, we'd be like, yeah, okay, that's kind of what he does. But if he were healthy and ran a 4-6, you'd be like, what have you been doing for three months? So it's more it's more of that. I mean, I can remember being here watching uh, Tease Tabor from Florida, corner, and he ran like a 4-7. I was like, buddy, what have you been doing for three months? <laughs> like, you knew you were going to have to do this. So I think it's, it's one of those things. You just want to see guys put in that effort and, and be ready to go. So that's part of it then, too. It's almost like showing you that, that you're putting in the work right. for the next step. Well, it's like you guys are sitting by the bench press. No one cares how many times the tight end can bench. They just want to see that he knows how to do it, yeah. right? You know, like that's what I look at. It's like, okay, if you do five, that's probably a problem. We need to look like talk to your strength coach and things <laughs> like that. So, But if you come out here and do 24, it's like, okay, this, this young man likes to work out. You know, he's yeah. strong. He's physical. He's competitive. So it's more about, like, the context around these events than it is the number sometimes. All right, Matt, let's go truth or trash. All right, truth oh, this nice. or trash this. Here we go. The Colts, they don't have a first-round pick, but no big deal because the draft is deep. Truth or trash? I would say trash. Okay. Uh, do you want me to elaborate? Please. Okay. Yes. I might not make very many friends. So when does this come out? 
this will probably come out next week. So the oh, week, I'm good then. I won't the, be in Indianapolis. The then. week after we're taping this. <laughs> That's why I asked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say trash them because you need a quarterback and you don't have a first round pick. Uh, that's that's the problem right mm-hmm. now, you know, is, is what happens with that situation. All signs seem to be pointing to, you know, Carson Wentz playing somewhere else next year. And even, you know, some of his people that I would call his defenders in the media are starting to back away from him. And I, I think that, you know, there's a there's a reason, you know, when there's a lot of smoke, there's usually some fire, too. Yeah. Well, with that being said, truth or trash, all we keep hearing is that this is a, you know, a poor quarterback class with the Colts not having a first round pick. You still think that's going to affect them? Yeah, I, well, you would like to have that, right? It right. is it is a poor quarterback class, but, it, you know, we just talked about Malik Willis. Would you rather have a 21-year-old Malik Willis that you can mold and shape and and hopefully get more out of? So that's the, the beauty and the risk of the draft, right, is it's an unknown. So you would, you would rather be the Rams and trade for Matt Stafford, right, and not have a first-round pick in a perfect world. But I, I still think that the upside of you know, Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, Maybe Desmond Ritter, you know, the, uh, Matt Corral. I think the, the upside is still like a beautiful thing. Not to go Aaron Rodgers on you, but like that mystery of it is, is still so intriguing, especially, you know, when I love Sam Ellinger. I, I hope he proves me wrong. But, you know, when you don't have that other guy on the roster that mm-hmm. is pushing, you know, and fighting to, to be a starter. Certainly the Colts have needs outside of quarterback outside of that one position, which is a monster position for every NFL team. Um, how do you look at the Colts? How do you prioritize what they may be looking at in this draft? Yeah, so I think Chris Ballard is one of the best evaluators in football. Uh, I'll say that first. Uh, but if quarterback's the most important position in football, left tackle's probably the second most important, and that's an area of need as yeah. well. So that's where I think, again, that first-round pick would be great to have. So thankfully for the Colts, though, this draft is very deep at tackle. It's very deep at wide receiver. It's very deep at the edge rusher position. So I think the Colts' biggest needs outside of quarterback are met really well by where this draft is deep. Mm-hmm. And we've seen Ballard before. Like, they're going to move around. They're going to they're gonna have a ton of day three picks. And, and he's a great evaluator, and, and I think he'll, he'll find guys that could be contributors there. One of the things you mentioned with, with the depth at defensive end and edge rusher, that always seems to be a, you know, a pick year in, year out, that it's like you can only get those top-tier guys within those first 15 picks. Yeah. Is this going to be an outlier year because it is so deep that you might find some of these guys that you look back? I know, like, Max Crosby is making a name for himself, and he yeah. wasn't that in that. But are there guys that you think that you can get in the second round that can be an impact 8-10 to 10 sack guy? Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. You know, they might be raw, like uh, Boy Mafia from Minnesota. Fantastic athlete, had a great senior bowl. He's going to test exceptionally well here. His tape's not that great. But, you know, we, we saw that last year with Owe from Penn State. The guy didn't have a sack in college. Yeah. But he was a great athlete. Look what the Baltimore Ravens turned him into. He was right. one of the best young pass rushers in the league. So I do think that for the for the Colts, yes, you could look at round two and try to find that guy that, you know, and Ballard has thrown a lot of day two picks at that position. Mm-hmm. But now finding someone that can be a constant, I, I do think there's a possibility this year. All right, Jacksonville, for the second straight year, they have the first round pick, first overall pick. Yeah. Um, last year, obviously, they went quarterback. Now what? I think they got to protect that quarterback. You know, you have to learn – you know, lessons from, you know, look what Kansas City did. They lose a Super Bowl because their tackles are bad and they, they go all out, yeah. right, to fix their offensive line. I think we'll see Cincinnati do that to some degree this year. The Buffalo Bills, people forget, they bought an, an entire offensive line one, one offseason and it fixed it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's, that's something that Jacksonville has to look at, whether it's Evan Neal, whether it's, you know, Ika McWanu, like they have to address that left tackle position with Cam Robinson being an average player and a free agent, I think that, that it just makes too much sense with the way this draft is stacked. All right, here's a silly exercise before we cut you loose. Again, I know you're incredibly busy, but uh, I'm going to give you 
Uh, I don't know where my wallet is, but I'm going to give you one dollar, Matt, okay. and then you take that. To, you, you mentioned DraftKings or FanDuel earlier. Yeah, wherever, yeah. Uh, take that one dollar, and then you can bet on one player who you think in the first round will go on to be a future Hall of Famer. Who's that guy in this draft? Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre uh, Dame. Okay. That, and that that was an easier answer than I expected. <laughs> I, when you were asking, I was like, oh, God, none. What's but, this clown doing? Right? No, but I think Kyle Hamilton, you know, 6'4", 220. I've tried telling people because they're like, you can't draft a safety in the top five. It's like, well, number one, you can because this draft is not that good. Yeah. So you can just – he's a good player. But also, you know, you weren't supposed to draft a tight end in the top five, and Kyle Pitts went four last year. So sometimes you just have to take the great, great athlete and say, yeah, we're going to let you just – Go play football mm-hmm. and just be a matchup player. I mean, the Colts did that with a guard. You can't take a guard at six, and they he's took Quinton. Really so, good, you know. There's your, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. There's your future <laughs> Hall of Famer. I mean, y'all have a beautiful stadium, and there's a huge picture of a guard on it. <laughs> right, like that's how good he is. That like, you know, it's like it's not a quarterback, it's not a wide receiver, it's a guard, and people are like, "That's my team." Yeah. Hell yeah, Matt Miller, ESPN draft analyst, online on Twitter at NFL Draft Scout. Where can we read you? Where can we see you between now and, and the draft on ESPN? Yeah, I mean, I'll be on. I get up some mornings, Sports Center, NFL Live. Uh, I did my first This Just In with Max Kellerman today. That was cool. Oh, nice. And then obviously, you know, ESPN Plus is a great platform for it as well with written articles, podcasts. I know we'll be doing some digital specials. So mm-hmm. I definitely encourage people who want more of this witty humor and draft analysis <laughs> to, to hop over there. Outstanding, man. Continued success, and thanks for stopping Thank by. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you.